What will be left when it's all over? After all the mudslinging, all the insulting, all the lying, to which it seems we've set a new low. The day after the election, some will be left standing, others defeated. But we will all carry the wounds of fear, anxiety, hatred, distrust. In the wake of both triumph and pain, how do we move forward? Hope can't be found in the promises of broken people, but only in the sovereignty of a perfect God. He is not surprised by outcomes, and his purposes cannot be hindered. For this reason, we elect to put our hope in God, not a person. We elect to trust his certain plan, not our foolish ways. And we move forward believing God loves us, is in control, and is on the move.
Welcome to online worship. We are so glad you could join with us for this All Saints celebration. This is a time when we remember those saints who have touched our lives and who now are joined together with Jesus in that place that he has prepared for them. But we also celebrate those saints who are still living and walking among us and who influence our lives as they follow Jesus. Let us give thanks this day for all the saints. Please join us as we worship together. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today in this service, we are celebrating All Saints Day. We've had a tradition in Protestant churches like ours to remember and celebrate the lives of our brothers and sisters in the faith that have passed away. Being a, a saint in the Catholic Church has a slightly different meaning than it does in Protestant churches like ours. My understanding of Catholic tradition is that anyone can become a saint. It is the people in the church and in the parish that 
recognize that one of their own who's passed away has lived a saintly life. They have reached a level of faith and Christian maturity in this life, and, and it is an example, a standard for everyone else. It can be a pope, a priest, a Catholic sister, a lay man or woman, any Catholic believer that has met certain criteria, including performing at least two miracles that have been observed and documented by others. In Protestant churches like ours, we've not gone down the same path as our Catholic brothers and sisters in recognizing saints. We barely mention any of the saints of the past that are celebrated in Catholic churches, even though these saints are truly heroes of the faith. Okay, we, we might mention St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, who was known for leaving bags of gold in the windows of poor families who had daughters who could not pay the dowry which was required of them to be paid for their daughters to be married, saving them from a life of prostitution. Or we sometimes think of St. Valentine, who was known for secretly performing Christian weddings to help the husbands escape from having to serve in the Roman army. These are the saints that are somewhat familiar to us from the past. But we also have the saints from our congregation and, and community that we remember today. Today, I, I think of Judy Bodine, who was so loyal to the church, who served in many different ways all through the years, was a trusted money counter in recent years, was so diligent to follow through with this responsibility that she even showed up when her health was failing because she had this strong commitment to be here with her friends and a strong commitment to the church. She took great pride in her appearance, her nails, and her hair. She took great pride in other people's appearances as well. She cut and styled the hair of hundreds of people here in Geneseo over the years. She cut my hair for the first couple of years that we lived here. One comment that I read about her was this. Judy cut my hair from the time my sister and I were little all the way up through high school. And she cut my mom's for years. They had a blast visiting. She also cut my husband's hair and his family, and she, have, she must have cut the whole town's hair. She also had a green thumb, a real gift, had the most beautiful flowers in her yard. Judy used her talents and, and her love to add beauty to her corner of the world. I also think of John Vandy Wustein, who worked for the city of Geneseo for 34 years, who loved music and theater, who was both musician and leader in the Geneseo Knights Drum and Bugle Corps, who took on the vision of those who came before him to make Richmond Hill an outstanding community theater, 
acting and directing in over 100 productions, and also providing leadership behind the scenes as the business manager, raising thousands of dollars for a new sound and lighting system. He was a member here at Grace, a very engaging member of a men's Bible study that met each week. He was a delight as a father and husband and a joy as a friend. By his efforts and creativity and talent, he also added beauty to his corner of the world. I think of Maxine Atkins, the wife of Reverend John Atkins, who was associate pastor here at Grace in the late 1980s. Melvin and I did not know Maxine, but some of you did. And it is good to mention and honor her today. Maxine was a devout follower of Jesus Christ and a devoted pastor's wife performing whatever duties were needed at home and at church. She sang in the choir, played piano, loved to cook, taught Sunday school in both children and adult classes and served in the Quad Cities Emmaus community. I think of Bob Johnson who always greeted people with a smile and shed a tear of joy in their conversation, who lifted people's spirits just by being around him and expressed his deep gratitude for the people who came to see him. His love for his family and for his love for everyone he met was the truest form of living like Jesus. My favorite story about Bob and Joan was that they always left the keys in their car with some cash in the glove compartment. And his kids warned him that this may not be the best idea. But Bob was not worried. He thought somebody might need to borrow it. Anyone who's been around Bob from the kids here at church to his grandchildren's friends to adults around town knew that Bob added beauty to his corner of the world. You can think of many other saints who've been part of Grace Church. I've highlighted just a few of those who've passed away since we had our last All Saints Sunday. But I know that there are other saints who are near and dear to your hearts that you think of today. And your heart aches that they're gone. Maybe that is a good way for us to grasp what it means to be a saint. Someone who in big or small ways added beauty to their world. And although we, we grieve and our heart aches that they're gone, we, we remember the good things about these saints and we're also aware of some of the flaws. 
And we might be a little bit hesitant to think of them as saints. We're aware of their rough edges and some of their secrets. And we're just glad that it's by God's grace that we are saved, not by living some perfect life that makes us saints. Because most people's lives, including our own, are, well, complicated. And we're torn on whether we can claim that title of being a saint for any of them or for any of us. The word saint comes from the Latin sanctus, which means holy. And holy in most people's minds means perfect and pure, without flaw. But that's not how saints were thought of originally in the early church. In scripture, depending on the translation, the, the word saint is found 68 times. The Apostle Paul uses the term the most. Sometimes he refers to the believers in Jerusalem as saints. They were the first. But quite often, Paul uses the term to refer, refer to all believers, followers of Jesus. If we go to the original, saints are the ones that have been forgiven and washed clean through the blood of the Lamb. Who were the first ones to be washed clean? Who were the first ones to be forgiven through the blood of the Lamb? It's Christ deniers like Peter. It's doubters like Thomas. It's deserters of Jesus like James and Andrew and Matthew and all the rest of the 12 disciples. It's the soldiers that hung him on the cross. It's the religious leaders who were scared of him. Romans chapter 5 says, God proves his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, that's it. The saints are the sinners. Sinners are made saints, not, not by anything they do. Sinners are made saints by what God does in Jesus Christ, that he lays down his life so that sinners are made saints. It's by the skin of our teeth and the blood of the lamb that we are saved, that we are made saints. In chapter 7 of Revelation, there's a glimpse of what it's going to be like when all the saints get together in heaven. John, who, who writes the book of Revelation, shares this vision. After this, I looked and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from all the tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. Who are these robed in white? And where have they come from? Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor any scorching heat. 
For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. These are the saints, the ones who have come through the great ordeal of living on planet Earth, of facing trials and temptations, who have endured the final enemy, death, who have come through their judgment day and have been redeemed and forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus and have received everlasting life. There's no more hunger or thirst, no more suffering, no more cancer or heart disease or Alzheimer's or COVID, no more violence or injustice, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes, every tear from our eyes. Two days from now, there is going to be an election where some people are gonna be gravely disappointed and others are gonna be pleased. Many people will feel very up in the air, not clear about what the ultimate outcome will be. As we navigate these next several days, I hope and pray that we will gain some perspective from our faith in God and our faith in Jesus Christ and trust that God can and will work through whatever happens to make us more complete, more whole, more holy, more like Jesus. And God will continue to work through us to bring the kingdom of God to fulfillment on earth as it is in heaven. What God is doing is, is so much bigger and better than anything that we humans can imagine or design or carry out. God is in the business of salvation, saving us and saving the world that God has created and called good. God is in the business of redeeming all who were fallen, healing all who are wounded, and making right all things that have gone wrong. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, God has defeated death and because Jesus lives, we have received the promise. We have received this hope that death cannot defeat us. Through Jesus, we have life, abundant life now. And when that day comes, when we take our final breath, life with God and with all the saints in heaven forever, God insists on working through us. God insists that it is through our hope and our action that God brings change and redemption to our lives and to our world. But God is not limited by any of the institutions or structures that we hold dear. Salvation is what God is after. So no matter what happens Tuesday or the days following, the results will not keep God from bringing people to faith in Jesus and, and bringing salvation to the least, the last, and the lost. God's got bigger fish to fry than what's happening in our national election, and nothing will get in God's way of bringing salvation. 
Neither life nor death, nor things present, nor things to come, nor principalities, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of God's creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sinners being made into saints, all by the blood of the Lamb. We are called to live by faith, not by sight. God's got this. God's got you. God's got bigger fish to fry. Your salvation, our salvation, the salvation of the world. Amen.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you have promised to hear us when we pray. Therefore, in confidence and trust, we pray for the mission of the church. Breathe fresh life into your people. Give us power to reveal Christ in word and action. We pray for our community. Inspire with your wisdom those whose decisions affect the lives of others. We pray for our nation. In this election week, pour out your spirit of love. Move us to acts of kindness. Engender within our hearts the hope that comes from trusting in our Savior, Jesus Christ, and the knowledge that we are first and foremost citizens of the heavenly kingdom. Heal, O Lord, the divisions in our nation, we pray. We come to you, O Lord, lifting up and praying for those who are in need, especially those who are recovering from surgery. We lift up to you Lori and Barry, Jane and Jenny, praying that you will pour out upon them your healing power and restore them to wholeness. We lift up others we now name before you in our hearts. God of hope, comfort, and restore all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. May they know the power of your healing love, we pray in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Hear these words of blessing. Sinners, saints, we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. The saints who've completed their journey on this side of eternity and are now cheering us on. Let us continue the mission to love God and love our neighbor and add beauty to our corner of the world. Amen.